It's playoff time. Big stakes, bigger promotions every day of basketball and hockey playoffs. DraftKings will have $20,000 in total prizes up for grabs. The best part? It's free for you to get a shot at these daily cash prizes. DraftKings will be offering two free play pools every day of the NBA playoffs, offering players a free shot at $20,000 in total prizes. All you have to do is answer a handful of questions around what you think is going to happen during that day's game and track your results throughout the evening. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings app now and use promo code THPN when you sign up to get your free shot at $20,000 in total prizes every day of the playoffs. Head to DraftKings pool page to get your shot at huge cash prizes. That's promo code THPN for a limited time only at DraftKings. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for full details. Welcome to the Ice Guys, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. This is the show that takes you into the world of the National Hockey League. Every game, every day, from a sports betting perspective. With pro handicappers Alex B. Smith and Ian Cameron, and veteran sports writer Jimmy Murphy. And now, here's your host, Ian Cameron. Welcome to the Ice Guys, presented by the Hockey Podcast Network. Tuesday, May 18th, Ian Cameron and Alex B. Smith back with us uh, today. Uh, He's feeling good again, and what a time for him to be feeling good again, because uh, as you know, we've mentioned it a bunch on the shows recently, the last several days. Today is the day. It has finally arrived tonight. It all goes down. 7.30 p.m. Eastern time is when it begins. It's the first Ice Guys Stanley Cup playoffs live betcast. Uh, we are excited for it. Uh, we have a bunch of our regular uh, special guests joining us on the on the stream tonight, watching the games with us. A lot of our viewers and our listeners of the show uh, will also be joining us for a period of the BetCast tonight. We've also got a couple surprises in terms of who's going to join us uh, on the uh, stream tonight during the uh, BetCast. But look, we got three games tonight, the Islanders, Penguins, uh, the Lightning and the Panthers, and the Golden Knights and the Wild, game two of each series. And it is definitely going to be uh, a lot of fun. It's going to be fun to see and hear all the different people that tune in uh, each and every day and watch our shows and uh, get uh, a little bit of a background on how they got into hockey. We'll uh, shoot the shit about all the games taking place. We'll comment. Uh, you know, I'll have, I have two screens right in front of me set up because I moved one of my screens from another room to this one. So I've got two. Uh, so I'll be able to watch two games at once, keep an eye on two. Uh, of the games at once. I'll have the uh, Tampa game on one screen. I'll have the Pittsburgh game on the other uh, for the early part of the night, but uh, uh, we'll keep you up to date. We're going to, I've set aside a fixed amount of money uh, of part of my bankroll for live betting purposes tonight. So we're going full bore tonight. Like this is not just, I'm dabbling a couple live bets here and there. We're going to do some next goal props. And I know Alex loves those. We're going to do some player props. We're going to do some live anytime goal score props. I'm going to have some pregame Goal scorer props, and those I'm reserving for the show tonight. I'm not posting any of my goal scorer props on Twitter. We're going to get people tuning into this. So if you want the goal scorer props, you got to watch the BetCast tonight. So uh, looking forward to this show tonight. Uh, Alex, uh, good to have you back on this show, and obviously excited to uh, get this BetCast uh, up and running tonight. 
Yeah, you know, I, I mean, I missed the, the show for the last several days. So, you know, the playoffs in full swing. And obviously the storyline of the playoffs is, you know, something I always talk about. The, the game's going to overtime. We've had quite a few of them. Uh, so, you know, hopefully, you know, I'm guessing we'll see a couple of them more going overtime tonight, which, uh, you know, I don't think we'll be on the whole time if games start going to these marathon sessions. But I'm looking forward to tonight. We'll have, uh, you know, two games to start. You mentioned Tampa, Florida, which was a hell of a game one. Uh, really excited to see that game, too. And then, of course, uh, Pittsburgh and the Islanders. That was a, another exciting start as well. And then, of course, uh, I think we'll see a little bit more scoring. I'll talk about that later as far as Vegas and Minnesota is concerned. That was a uh, that was a hell of a game, too. You know, goalies just dueling that out. Tra- you know, traditional kind of playoff one nothing game. Uh, a lot of fun to watch. You don't see that too often these days. So looking forward to tonight, looking forward to chatting with everybody and, and you know, having a few drinks and, and betting some games live as well. So like I said, I've, I've already cashed in a couple of uh, next to score props this uh, postseason. So hoping to keep that streak continued. It's been a great year for those props all year. So. Yeah, no doubt you've been really good with next goal props live in game. And I'm sure uh, Alex will be rolling out some of those tonight on the uh, BetCast. Uh, don't, never fear about Jimmy. Jimmy is not on the show now, but he's just at a doctor's appointment. He's fine. He'll be on with the BetCast tonight, 7.30 p.m. Eastern with us. So uh, we're going to have the whole crew, Alex, Jimmy, me, uh, on the show, and a bunch of our Ice Guys fam, as we like to call them, joining us as well. It's going to be a lot of fun. All right, you know what's also going to be fun is talking about some of these games, and we're going to do that right now. Calgary-Vancouver, we will talk about that, even though they're playing for exercise. This game is actually 4 p.m. Eastern. See, the NHL wants no part of putting this game on at the same time as the playoff games, and I can't blame them. Uh, We've got minus 115 for Calgary, slight road favorites, total six. I actually did sprinkle a couple of small bets. Small, they're not going to be official plays. They're just little recreational. Put a couple bucks on it because I'm really done making official plays on these meaningless regular season games but a little Vancouver a little over for me in this game look it was pond hockey supreme Sunday night when these teams played there's nothing on the line nothing at stake nobody's diving in front of a puck to block a shot these days with these two teams uh you saw a lot of breakdowns defensively nobody's really back checking as ferociously or as well now with not much on the line so uh and I think Vancouver will want to play well it is their final home game these teams play each other again in Calgary uh, tomorrow uh, but I think today these Vancouver wants to at least win kind of win their final home game I could see them playing a lot better part of them probably did feel a little bit you know ashamed for losing the way they did uh, on Sunday so again I don't love anything in this game but I'll sprinkle a little uh, bit on a couple of bets here Vancouver at plus 105 and also the over six in this game uh, Alex it's not a game that uh, we love but is there any thoughts from you Canucks and Flames I got nothing. I'd, I would be lying to you if I said I watched the last two uh, meetings between these two clubs. I, you know, like I said, they're, they're just playing for exercise and, and paychecks. Uh, if I had to take anything, it would be the over. Like I said, we saw 11 goals in that last game. Uh, and that just seems like it would be, you know, kind of like a, a preseason, you know, a workout basically like a, or like a, a summer rec league game uh, at this point. So uh, I wouldn't touch a side here one bit. I would just be going with the over. Yeah, uh, it definitely feels like it's going to be one of those, you know, defense optional uh, games, much like it was uh, the other night. All right, let's get to the good stuff now. Enough of the nonsense. Let's get to the good stuff here. Playoff time. Islanders Penguins game two, uh, East Division first round series. Uh, We have the Pittsburgh Penguins here uh, around that minus 130 to minus uh, 135. A home favorite price here, five and a half the total, uh, shaded to the under, although it is five in a couple books as well. So uh, make sure you shop around. Find the fives if you like the over, get a five and a half uh, if you like the uh, under in this game. 
Uh, obviously, the Penguins losing game one in overtime. How about Kyle Palmieri? Uh, what a time for him to spring to life, a guy that had been MIA for the Islanders since they got him at the trade deadline with the uh, New Jersey Devils. And boy, what a time for him to get going. Uh, two goals in that game, which is pretty much all he had with the Islanders uh, going into uh, game one of that series. So uh, definitely good to see. I feel like I'm walking into some kind of concerning situation here with the uh, Islanders, where here we go again. The Islanders just have the Penguins number potentially uh, in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Remember, the Islanders knocked the Penguins out just a couple of years ago uh, in the uh, first round and swept them. So uh, that's concerning. What's also concerning is Brian Dumoulin's status on Pittsburgh's blue line. Game time decision for game two tonight, and that's one of their best defensemen. Uh, we know the difference in Pittsburgh, him in the lineup versus him not in the lineup. Uh, and that is absolutely uh, critical to see if he's going to be able to play. He blocked a shot in game one, and that's what got him uh, injured. He did not return after that, and he didn't take part in the morning skate uh, today. So, oh, boy, that's an indication that he may not go, but they're going to give him probably another look right before the game. Uh, obviously, on that top pair with Latang, missing him would be significant. Um, there's a lot of good things Pittsburgh did. They blitzed the Islanders in the first period, and if not for some missed nets, I think there was a goal post. Sorokin was pretty good as well. Uh, it could have been a much worse score for the Islanders. And Pittsburgh never really put it away early in that game. And the Islanders got comfortable. The Islanders got stronger as the game went on. I don't think they had a terrible first. They were a little bit better in the second. But I still think Pittsburgh had a pretty good second. And it was the third period that the Islanders played their best period. They were excellent in the third. Uh, Crosby still had a very good game. Scored a goal. Had a bunch of chances which is a good sign. Uh, I think Pittsburgh's going to play well. But again, Tristan Jari's got to be good. Simple as that. He's got to be much better than he was in game one. Uh, the Islanders found a weakness in him, the glove hand. They kept shooting high, over the shoulder, above the glove hand. They knew Tristan Jari was weak, stopping pucks in that area. And it was that way in game one. He's got to elevate his game. He's back in net tonight for the Penguins. Uh, the Islanders had all three goalies on the ice during their morning skate today. Sorokin. Varlamov, and even the aging veteran, Corey Schneider, you know, the forgotten man. I, I don't think you're going to see him, obviously, but it'll be Sorokin or Varlamov. They have not confirmed who it's going to be yet. Maybe I, I would. I think if you're Barry Trotz, because they won in game one, you give Sorokin another start. That's probably what I think they'll end up doing here. Um, I like Pittsburgh still here. I don't feel like I'm super confident, but I do think they can even up this series and win this game. So I've got a split bet here. I've got a little on Pittsburgh money line. And the one I like for value is Pittsburgh first period. And I'm not going to do a money line in the first period with Pittsburgh. I'm going minus a half goal, plus 175. That is value right there. Pittsburgh to lead after the first period. You would think that first 20 minutes, they are ready to bring their absolute best to the ice and, and try to atone for that game one loss. So that's the one. I, I like the full game, but I think the first period value bet there, that minus a half goal on the Penguins plus 175, I think that's good value and a positive expectation that it can cash in uh, as well. Alex, what do you think here, Islanders and Penguins? Yeah, that's a great price for uh, that first period puck line. Normally when we play those, we're usually looking at something you know, between the plus 120 to even money range because we're you know trying to knock down a high favorite that we think is going to jump out early. Uh, but like you said, you know, I think I expect to see much better game overall for Pittsburgh, especially from Tristan Jari, who let's see, he made 37 saves, but he did give up four goals, all glove side, you know, and people being a counter rough on him. Keep in mind, this is only his second postseason start. 
uh, you know, and a guy who's, you know, played well at home as opposed to being on the road. So I think that'll kind of, you know, help bounce him back. If Doomlin's not in the lineup, though, that is a, a big loss. So, you know, I talk about him a lot. He's one of the, I think, the most uh, underrated defensemen in all of the league, honestly. Uh, and his, his absence will definitely be felt, uh, should that be the case. Uh, this is, you know, I got a serious uh, play on Pittsburgh. I was laying a dollar thirty-five because I honestly thought they were going to win Game One. Uh, had I known, I would have waited and, and got the plus price that's up right now. But uh, what I'm going to do is I'm I might tell you on that first period puck line, but I like the first period over. I'm not going to play it right now because it's way too high. It's minus dollar thirty-five, minus a dollar forty. When we go on live, I'll have the, you know, I got it circled. I'll have the buy signal on when that within that five-minute range to begin the game. Unless there's a goal in the first two minutes. Uh, and then I'll just be out of it. But uh, chances are I'll jump into that first period over, but I'll be playing it live on the show tonight. There you go. So there's another reason to tune into our live BetCast starting at 7.30 p.m. Eastern tonight. You want to see Alex giving us the bat signal when it becomes time to uh, play that first period over uh, in the first five, ten minutes of that Islander-Penguin game. And, of course, we'll be on throughout that at that entire game, the entire Tampa-Florida game. I'm going to try to go through as much of the Minnesota Vegas game as possible as well. Like we're going to make this a pretty uh, lengthy night on the air during this betcast. So uh, we'll see how it goes. Maybe if the game turns, I wouldn't expect the Vegas game to turn lopsided, but if, you know, some teams running away with it, maybe we'll shut it down early, but uh, that's the plan. We're going to go pretty uh, deep into the night with the uh, betcast. So uh, Alex targeting a first period over live bet uh, in this game. I actually do lean to the over in the full game. If you can get a five, because I do think, you know, Jari's still got to prove it. I think the penguins will do a little bit better offensively in this game. Uh, and I would think that we've got a good chance to see uh, the game go uh, over the total. So I might add that as well over five Tampa Bay, Florida uh, next game here, right around even money, both sides in this game. Uh, what a first game of the series between these two teams. I mean, we were all excited for the battle of the sunshine state uh, before it started and to see this kind of uh, performance or that kind of game in game one, a uh, back and forth hit at everything. Great goals, great playmaking, unbelievable saves, uh, incredible physicality, that nastiness scrums and rough play after the whistle it had everything what a great game it was uh, game two even money minus 110 both sides total six here in this game uh, this is very similar to my sentiment on the pittsburgh game uh with the way i'm attacking this one from a side perspective a first period and a full game split for me on this uh panthers and lightning game i still think florida is very much in this series i know that was a tough bitter pill to swallow uh, losing that game one up four to three in the third period they they had the lead. They fell behind 3-2. They came out roaring in the third period. And I think that is why I have confidence in Florida today, Alex, that they could even this series. They got down 3-2. The momentum had shifted to Tampa Bay, and they got it back, Florida, in the third period. They didn't wilt when the Lightning made it 3-2 in that game. They battled back. They roared back strong with Huberto's tying goal with an unbelievable sick Ridiculous assist by Huberto on the 4-3 goal that was scored to give the Panthers the lead. Incredible skill on display there. I thought Alex Barkov was great. The, the problem for the Panthers was, yes, they dominated Tampa 5-on-5, five five, as one of our members in the chat is saying. They took too many penalties. Sam Bennett runs Coleman from behind. He's now suspended uh, for this game, and they were just in the box too much. And look, especially with Stamkos and Kucherov back for Tampa Bay, Alex, you can't take that many penalties against a power play that is that lethal and can connect and capitalize and produce the way the Lightning can with the man advantage. That ended up hurting Florida. That ended up killing them in the end uh, in that game. 
And you absolutely cannot under any circumstances give up a breakaway opportunity to arguably the most dangerous forward on the team, Braden Point, with a minute to go in the third period of a tie game in the playoffs. You can't do it. Just cannot do it. And sure enough, he buries it. He finishes it off. And there's the 5-4 win for Tampa Bay. And I applaud Coach Q. He knows that, hey, I'm against a great team. This is the defending Stanley Cup champions. I can't wait around and think about if maybe or perhaps Sergei Bobrovsky is going to be incredible for me in net. I need him to be good. And he was only okay. I don't think he was terrible because a lot of those goals were tough ones to stop. Not much he could do. But still, he was slow to react to the puck. He was not moving laterally as quick as you'd like. He was not diagnosing the play that Tampa Bay was running, especially on those power play goals. He was just not reading the play very well. And you need better. He wasn't terrible, but you still need a little bit better goaltending at playoff time than that. And I applaud Joel Quenville for making the switch tonight and going to Chris Drieger uh, in net. I think it's the right call. I think you could say for large stretches of the season, he was, was better than Sergei Bobrovsky in net for the uh, Panthers. So I like that move. Uh, Drieger's very capable. You know, he's been around the block too. Uh, so, you know, he hasn't, he's only really been in the NHL full time the last couple seasons, but I think he's more than capable here in this one uh, to be able to get the uh, job done for the uh, Florida Panthers. The key is keep it at five on five if you're the Florida Panthers. You had a great, great, ser- uh, great game one performance at even strength. It was when you s- it gave the Lightning uh, a boatload of power play opportunities that you ended up seeing the game get away from you. So keep it at, at five on five is go- and even strength is going to be the mantra here for the Panthers. Barkov and Huberto looked like they were ready for the playoffs. Carter Verhage, the former Lightning uh, player, gets on the board uh, for the Panthers as well. I like the way still their blue line is, is capable of playing, aside from getting giving up the breakaway chance to point late in the game. They definitely don't want to be doing that. I could see the pace slowing down a bit. It was a breakneck pace. But boy, you got some teams that have got some potency in their lineup. So it's I, the total's been adjusted up to six. I don't know if I'd be, uh, I I don't know, I'd be, probably be a little too scared to bet it under even at six. But I do see the adjustment there. I I don't know if I'm going to touch the total. This could be I I wait till live betting to get involved with the total. But I am on Florida first period minus one hundred five, and I am on Florida full game even money as well plus a hundred. Uh, I think we have an even-up series. As long as this stays even strength, Florida showed you clearly, clear as day, we can play with Tampa Bay and we can hang with them five-on-five, and that's going to be the key. Keep it even strength. Maintain your discipline tonight if you're the Florida Panthers. Alex, what's your thoughts here? Tampa, Florida, game two. So as I mentioned at the top of the show, you know we've the, we've seen all but two games so far this postseason going to overtime, the first one being this game one matchup and then uh, Carolina game last night. And it was real close to possibly be getting to that uh, extra frame. That's what I think is going to happen here. I like the regulation draw at plus 315. Q's, like I said, he's going to make the adjustments. And and looking back at the days, it's funny. I, I should have actually played something on Tampa Bay, but like I said I knew it was going to be a back-and-forth battle. Uh, Coach Quinville in game one has historically been awful. You look back to that Hawks dynasty run, I think they were about 4-14 four and 14 or 4-15 and 15 in game ones. So even in, in the years with the, the cup finals that they made, uh, you know, they lost game one on average and then end up bouncing back in game two or game three uh, to even things out. So Q's a master making those kind of adjustments, especially, uh, you know, getting his players to say, hey, you know, we got to you know, play a more disciplined game, more defensive style of game. That's the kind of game he wants to run uh, more often. Than anyway, I think it's going to be back and forth pace, but I don't think we're going to see as many goals. Uh, so I would slightly lean to the under. But like you said six is kind of a tricky number. 
so the way I'm going to play this is just the regulation draw plus 215, and then if I like something in-game, I'll jump on it. You know, I've been uh, sprinkling on a I, – I actually sprinkled very, very small bets because, you know, you get a good payout with them on the draw on all three of the games last night. And, of course, uh, Washington-Boston draw cashed. Uh, you know, Carolina-Nashville going into the third, it looked like that could cash before Carolina pulled away. Uh, and then, of course, you had uh, the uh, late game there, Colorado-St. Louis. Heroics almost kept made that game go to overtime, but Colorado yeah. floodgates open uh, in the third period. So, yeah, I mean, I like uh, Florida here. I think they can bounce back, and I certainly wouldn't argue with the draw. We were a minute away from overtime uh, in game one of this series. Uh, we'll see if it uh, continues. Uh, it, we'll see if it uh, is another close competitive game tonight. I believe it will be. Uh, Minnesota-Vegas, the third and final game, the late game on tonight's uh, Stanley Cup playoff slate. We've got Vegas minus 155 to minus 160. Uh, home favorites here, five and a half the total in this game. So it was a one nothing goaltending duel, and the goaltending was out of this world. You know, on both sides Sunday afternoon. Cam Talbot for Minnesota, Marc-Andre Fleury for, for Vegas. I mean, they were both making scintillating saves. Uh, they were both uh, absolutely outstanding uh, in that game. Boatload of quality chances. I mean, that's that. like Jimmy said yesterday when he was with me, that was that game was proof that a one nothing game can be exciting. I mean, there were a ton of chances, all kinds of quality. It's not just... Uh, chances, but high danger chances. Both teams had a bunch of them, and Talbot and Flurry were just on top of it. You know, diving to make saves. The windmill spinorama, three sixty degree save that Flurry made was incredible in the third period. Talbot was just square to the shooter, reading the play perfectly uh, all game long, uh, and it was just nothing could get by these two guys. And it, especially in a playoff series, I've seen this kind of script unfold before where you get two goalies standing on their head and a just an absolute chess match and a, a lo, obviously a low-scoring game with two goalies playing incredible hockey in the one game, sometimes you don't get that the next game. Uh, and I get that sense tonight that this could be that floodgates opening game uh, for the Wild and for the Golden Knights tonight, especially when you see uh, who are great goalies and they're more than capable of playing well again tonight. But uh, I could see definitely the offense is starting to kick it into high gear tonight. You could also see a lot of shots the other uh, two nights ago for, or two days ago in the, uh, for both of these goalies. They're not going to be quite as on top of things or as sharp when you face that kind of heavy workload and shot volume, really, that both goalies had uh, to deal with uh, in game one. Uh, definitely you're going to see some power play adjustments for both teams. I mean, both of these coaches, actually, Everson for Minnesota – and DeBoer for Vegas, we're talking about that we didn't really uh, – we, we tried to be too fine, too cute on the power play, pass the puck around the uh, zone too much. Uh, so you could see this team end up being uh, – this game end up being a, a little bit different in that regard uh, and looking to shoot the puck more often on the power play, not always look for that pinpoint pass uh, and that pinpoint pretty play with the man advantage. And look, you've definitely got, uh, you could have Max Patch already back tonight. We'll have to wait and see for the uh, Golden Knights. He's going to be a game time decision. We'll see how he fares. And he's obviously a huge upgrade for the Vegas Golden Knights in terms of the uh, offense and their top six, and obviously the power play as well. So he might return tonight for the uh, Golden Knights. Um, this is another one. It's, it's bounced back zigzag theory city for me in this uh three-game card tonight. I kind of like Pittsburgh to bounce back. I kind of like Florida to bounce back, and I kind of like Vegas to bounce back here. But I think with Vegas, I'm not crazy about the money line price, and there's no way I'm doing a puck line with Vegas. Hell no. 
or with any team. I mean, how can you have confidence right now laying a puck and a half with any favorite with how close and how tight and how competitive all these games have been for the most part so far in the first round. So I'm going with what I did with Pittsburgh. That's the one I like more than anything with Vegas tonight, the first period. Minus a half goal. You can still get a pretty good plus price with that. Uh, let me see what the updated price is. Plus 150 with that. Vegas minus a half goal uh, in the first period. Have the lead after the first 20 minutes. Uh, I could see them really jumping early in the game with that crowd behind them. Uh, absolutely. And look, Vegas could have been up 2 nothing, even 3 nothing. You know, after the first period of game one, if with that 20 to five shots on goal edge that they had in the first period, if not for Cam Talbot the other night, I think they get that first period lead tonight. Vegas minus a half goal plus 150. And I also like the over five and a half plus 105. Uh, I think we see goals tonight. The goals that didn't go in Sunday, I think they'll go in tonight. And I like that kind of thought process. Low scoring one game, higher scoring the next, a la Boston, Washington. You know, that's exactly what we saw. It was a low-scoring game one. And then Boston said, we got to fire more pucks at Anderson. They did that last night, and the game went over in game two. I'm kind of hearing that same rhetoric here with Minnesota and Vegas. Pucks to the net, pucks to the net, pucks to the net. Rewind that tape. That's pretty much all you hear in your head, both of these coaches trying to hammer that home to their team. So uh, I like Vegas first period, laying the half goal, plus 150, and also the over five and a half. Uh, with Minnesota Vegas and the full game, Alex, uh, what are your thoughts here? Game two, Minnesota Vegas. Yeah, I'm right there with you on this over. I I like the fir- full game over five and a half, but I love the first period over one and a half. You can get it even money or even plus a dollar five. Uh, I'll be on both of those for sure. Uh, it, it pre-game, not just something you know adjusting in game as well. But like I said, this is going to be you know. It was just an anomaly to see these two goalies. Mark Andre Fleury, of course, he's had a tremendous season and a tremendous career, but Cam Talbot putting up a shutout. I didn't think we were going to be seeing that, especially if this for the first round of a series. Uh, like I said, I think the offenses will definitely click early and often uh, in this game, and it'll be more of a back and forth. Not going to touch the side. Uh, not even going to touch the draw here. Uh, I wouldn't be shocked if it you know, goes to overtime, but if it does, it's not going to be 0-0. Zero, zero. It's going to be something like 3-3 three, three or 4-4 four, four, uh, going past 60 minutes. So uh, give me the first period over and the full game over. Yeah, anybody that watched that Sunday game, by the way, Minnesota-Vegas, the pace was just terrific. I mean, that was not a one nothing pace. It just wasn't that game. Uh, In terms of what that pace probably should have generated in terms of goals and chances. And if you get that similar pace tonight, I guarantee you it ain't going to be one nothing tonight (laughs) uh, here in Game 2 tonight. So Alex really likes the first period over, but he uh, leans to the uh, full game over five and a half as well. I like the full game over, and I'm certainly in agreement with him first period over. In fact, I might bet that too. Give me a little more skin in the game for the bet cast so you can see me all uh, just uh, a nervous – no, I'm not a nervous wreck to be honest with you. I'm actually quite calm watching the games. I'm actually more of a – uh, jittery, excitable fellow doing these shows, to be honest with you, and previewing the games than I am when I'm watching. I'm actually pretty calm, especially when we got the uh, brews flowing, which we will tonight. We'll have the booze flowing, no question, uh, during the betcast. So uh, great stuff, great analysis with Alex B. Smith on the three uh, Stanley Cup playoff games tonight. We forgot to do the recap at the beginning of the show last night, so quickly we'll talk about last night's games. Boston, Washington, good on the Bruins. They, 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 they talked about it. Jimmy mentioned it. They got to shoot the puck more. They got to make Craig Anderson work more. They did that. Uh, They still needed overtime. And look, they still needed Taylor Hall uh, to score a tying goal late in the game to get there and get that game to overtime. But still, it was a much better performance and offensive 
mindset by the Bruins. Shoot the puck from everywhere, force Craig Anderson to make saves, force him to work, and that's exactly what they did in that game. And let's give Taylor Hall credit. I, nobody's bashed him more than me over the last couple of years. But the kind of goal he scored, it's not just that he scored a big goal in the playoffs, tying the game, uh, avoiding a 2 nothing series deficit potentially for your team, scoring that goal. It's the type of goal he scored. In the blue paint, right in the crease area, digging away for a loose puck and finding a way to put that rebound in and, and put it in to tie the game. A dirty goal, a get-your-nose-dirty, get-grimy goal for Taylor Hall. That's what I loved about it, that he had the work ethic, he rolled up his sleeves, he put his work boots on and said, I got to go to the blue paint to score this goal. Uh, and he did that. And sometimes he hasn't done that enough uh, in his career. Uh, he looks like a different guy. I think the Bruin culture, Alex, is really wearing off in a positive on Taylor Hall right now. No question about that. And what a huge goal. One of the biggest goals, I think, of his career, just because of how significant it was. It was to tie the game with your team facing a 2-0 series deficit. Huge goal for him. And, of course, Brad Marchand, one-timer, Brendan Dillon, and his defense partner screw up coverage badly uh, in the Washington zone, uh, leading to that Brad Marchand overtime winner. Uh, and they end up winning 4-3 in overtime. A big win for the Bruins to tie up that series. Alex, what did you think of that game last night? Yeah, that was an awesome game. I was all over that that over five and a half. It was plus 125. Uh, I thought that was a, a crazy price to have, especially with Anderson in that. Yeah, he's you know played well, obviously, in that first game coming in and, and doing what he had to do. But let's talk, we're talking about a guy who's going to turn 40 in three days, and his best years are, are well past him. And honestly, if it wasn't for you know the, the defense in front of him, that could have been a 7-4 to four Bruins game. Uh, Bruins had a, a great chance on a two-on-one. Uh, there was a couple of pucks that hit the post early. So, that, you know, the Bruins really, you know, like I said, got things rolling, uh, you know, after, like you said, knowing they're down, uh, you know, going home, they want to at least get one win on the road, try to get home ice back in your favor, and they did that. Uh, and like I said, that Taylor Hall goal was absolutely huge. You know, I was worried that they might have overturned it because it looked like there was some contact with the goalie. It was a, a big pile up in front, but the puck was clearly, uh, you know, out of the way, and Hall was able to bury it. So uh, kudos to him. Like I said, he's been playing very well since uh, having a, a big resurgence in his career. So that, that's really fun to watch. Uh, like I said, all the games last night were, were really good. Like that Colorado game, you know, and, and Carolina, the, the crowd in Carolina, uh, as far as I know, that's the first full arena sellout uh, this year in the NHL. That's one of the best home ice uh, advantages in all the league when they're fully rocking and roaring. And we saw that uh, being the case. So like I said, you know, I, I picked Carolina to win that series in five, but man, oh man, if they come out with another effort like that, uh, early in, in game two, who knows what might happen. They might be able to, to go on and, and pull off the sweep. So, uh, and same thing with Colorado. I think that series is going to go a little bit more back and forth, but uh, great effort at home for them. Uh, and that, like I said, we're going to see that more and more. And, the, and people, we got to, as betters, we have to adjust for that now. Uh, you know, those, these crowds, they're already going to be massive and loud because of the playoffs. But the fact that, you know, this is the first time they're back in these buildings in over a year, uh, it's more of the intensity, not just a playoff game. It's like a Stanley Cup final game uh, for some of these first-time, you know, fans getting back to the arena. So you have to factor that into your handicap, at least a, a small portion of it, uh, with some of these teams. Especially those ones that have got not just capacity, some fans in and limited capacity anymore, but much bigger capacity, like more than half capacity, which Carolina and Nashville both have uh, in that series. That's uh, that they're going head to head. 
so yeah, that is definitely something you want to keep in mind. Uh, adjust for the bigger, and it's again when you're more excited to be back in the building, which Alex mentioned, you're louder. It's simple as that. You're even louder because you're just so excited. You've got all this pent up energy from being stuck home for the last year during the pandemic. That now when you go to the games, you're even louder than you were before. So these are legit. Uh, home at ice edges that some of these teams have. Uh, Carolina, Nashville, not much to say here. I mean, Nashville squandered an opportunity. I think this was their best chance to get Carolina, to be honest with you, because Carolina hadn't played a meaningful game in a while. They rested a couple of their key players down the stretch uh, after they clinched the Central Division, and Nashville got the first goal. Uh, things were looking good, and then after that, Nashville took the lead. Nashville tied at 2-2, and it looked like, wow, they're going into the third period tied right where Nashville wants to be. But then Carolina raised their game to another level that Nashville couldn't match. And that's the issue. And then they won going away 5-2. Nita Ryder was great. Aho Svechnikov, terrific. Jordan Stahl, the captain, terrific uh, as well uh, in that game last night. And now that they lost their best chance to win, uh, to maybe beat Carolina was last night. How, how quick could that series be over? That's what I fear now for the uh, Nashville Predators. This could be a quick quick one now after letting that uh, opportunity slip away last night against the uh, Hurricanes. And when you look at it, Carolina or Nashville, when Carolina gets that four check going and they just get that puck just moving around, they keep it, keep away, keep away, they really wore Nashville out, which leads me perfectly into the final game last night, Colorado-St. Louis. I said this on Twitter, Alex. The St. Louis Blues look like the tortoise next to the Colorado Avalanche's hair. That's what it looks like to me yeah, uh, in definitely. that game last night. Uh, it looked like a St. Louis team that was skating in quicksand, skating in mud all night. They didn't have the puck much. Colorado just absolutely pelts Jordan Bennington with shots, and he had to make, like I would say, a, a half dozen unbelievable saves, not just good saves, unbelievable, terrific, incredible saves just to give St. Louis a puncher's chance in that game last night. Without Bennington, that's 7-1 to one, probably for Colorado uh, last night. Uh, it was all avalanche, all the advanced numbers. It was incredible how much it was dominated. Expected goals margin. The high danger chances in that game was something like 19-2 to two or something. like. It was like ridiculous, the margin for Colorado uh, in both of those categories. The fact that I, you could actually see a stat that Nathan McKinnon generated a higher expected goals number, him alone, than the entire St. Louis Blues team last night. That tells you all you need to know. It was complete and utter domination for the uh, Colorado Avalanche, and they were fortunate that that game was 4-1 at the end of the day because it could have been a lot worse than that. I worry about St. Louis because this is not just a, oh, we, we, we'll be better next game. Well, when you can't match Colorado's speed and you can't get the puck from them all night, is really playing another game going to make a difference? I'm not so sure about that. I, I thought this was a difficult matchup coming in with St. Louis and Alex. It sure as hell looked like it last night. Yeah, like you said, you, you mentioned it perfectly that the, the tortoise in the hair uh, analogy that that's spot on. Like, and that's the thing with, with Colorado. You know, they are, are dangerous in just in the same way as, as Vegas, where they can beat you in any different way of styles. And you can count Minnesota in that too, within that West division where, you know, they have their preferred style of play. And I think for Colorado, it is, you know, playing that up and down fast paced style, but they can slow it down and kind of trap you a little bit, play more defensively if needed. But uh, they can, you know, they can, they can balance and, and mix it. 
And that's the way you beat St. Louis is, is beat them with speed, beat them with a, a ton of shots, make Bennington work and get out of position. Uh, like I said, like if it wasn't for him making those big saves, uh, it, it could have just been an, an absolute route. And, you know, that's something to, to look at moving forward with Colorado, you know, team totals potentially, uh, you know, next to goal score props. Definitely going to be uh, something I'll be circling with Colorado if they can get to that rhythm again uh, throughout the series. Yeah, again, I, like I say, this is just – I don't know if there's a uh, a game plan or a strategy or a roster move or putting someone in the lineup or taking someone out of the lineup. I don't know if any of those things are things that Craig Berube can turn to to change this series. This might just be it's a bad matchup. It's a tough matchup. We're a much older, slower team. Not that they're – you know, they're, they're not like they're – you know, they're, they skate like old men in St. Louis, but compared to Colorado – and the way Colorado skates, they look slow, is really what I mean more than anything else uh, going into uh, this series. And look, the thing with Colorado is why they're so relentless is they can pinch the blue line almost, uh, pinch their defensemen, Alex, in almost every shift to keep pucks alive in the offensive zone because all of those defensemen skate like the wind and they can get back quickly in transition with odd man and prevent odd man rushes. So they can take more chances and pinch more than other teams because their blue line is just so, they can skate so well. They skate effortlessly. Uh, and that's going to be a tall order for St. Louis to overcome all of that. Nathan McKinnon uh, with the hat trick, of course, last night as well. Uh, an outstanding third period, a carry his team on his back type of third period performance uh, from Nathan McKinnon in that game, uh, which was really good to see. Uh, so Colorado with the one nothing series lead. Uh, yes, Malkin is uh, questionable uh, for this game. Uh, game time decision and same with Max Pacioretty. Someone asking in the chat about both of them and their status for tonight. All right, that is going to wrap up, just about wrap up this show. Before we get to best bets, a reminder, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app, sign up for an account, use the promo code THPN. Uh, NHL Stanley Cup playoffs and NBA playoffs are here. MLB Daily, UFC as a card most weekends, PGA Championship, second golf major of the year this weekend as well. So lots to get involved with. DraftKings Sportsbook, when you sign up, uh, you'll get a weekly de a deposit bonus. You'll get weekly specials and incentives as well. Uh, so download the DraftKings Sportsbook app, sign up for an account, use the promo code THPN. And a reminder, the BetCast, 7.30 p.m. Eastern tonight. Join us for that. We'll have a ton of people on the stream with Alex, Jimmy, and myself. Uh, special guests, viewers, and listeners of the show. Everybody's welcome. And if you haven't, uh, you know, DM'd either me or the Ice Guys Twitter to seal up your position on the show, feel free to do so. And again, we'll, we'll gauge how things go. If we have 10 plus people, 10 people on the stream, the max, and there's still people waiting, we'll try to rotate people in and out throughout the course of the night to give everyone a chance to be on the show at some point. So we'll manage, we'll figure it out, but we're looking forward to it. Live BetCast, 7.30 p.m. Eastern tonight for a night of Stanley Cup playoff action, live betting, some drinking, uh, some adult beverages. Uh, it'll be a lot of fun for sure. No question about it. All right, let's end this show with best bets so we can get a little uh, nap in, I guess you could say, before the event <laughs> cast tonight. Uh, Alex, what do you think here? What do you like best bet tonight? I'm going to go with Minnesota and Vegas first period over. Uh, you can get it, like I said, one and a half at even money or a dollar five. I got even money. Uh, we're definitely going to see more, way more offense than we did in game one here, and I think we're going to see it uh, quick, fast, and in a hurry. Like I said, the Vegas crowd, absolutely loud. This is a team that knows, hey, we can't afford uh, to go down 2 nothing and then have to fly into St. Paul uh, and, and deal with that crowd, which would be probably around maybe 40%, 50% at this point. But uh, they got to take care of business here. And I, if I had to pick a winner, I would be leaning toward Vegas. 
just because, like I said, this you know they they have that mentality of being able to bounce back. But it's going to be a good game. We're going to see at least two goals here early. So give me the first period over between Wild and Knights as my best bet. All right, there you go. Minnesota Vegas over one and a half at a plus price as well. First period for uh, Alex P. Smith for his best bet tonight. Uh, yeah, game day nap. Players have game day naps. Why can't we? Uh, I 100% agree with that uh, uh, assessment. No question. All right, uh, best bet for me. I still believe in this team. A uh, real tough gut-wrenching loss in game one for them, but I think they've got the mentality to bounce back. They've been good off a loss this year. Ex- excellent off a loss all season long. I think they know they did a lot of good things at five on five Sunday night. They've made the goalie change. I think it's a goalie change for the better to Chris Drieger tonight. I like the Florida Panthers. Even money plus 100 against the Tampa Bay Lightning. We had the over five and a half in game one of this series as a best bet. I'm going to the side uh, in this game tonight for my best bet. Florida Panthers plus 100 uh, against the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, that is my best bet for the for tonight, this Tuesday, NHL Stanley Cup playoff card. All right, that'll wrap up this edition of the Ice Guys. Uh, and we're not back or we're not going to be away, I should say, for very long. We'll be back with you in about four and a half hours from now with the start of our Ice Guys live betcast, 7.30 p.m. Eastern. And make sure you're there right away. We're going to start right at 7.30 p.m. Eastern, and we'll tee up the first game. I'll give you my goal scorer props right away at the start of the show for that Islander-Penguin game. Uh, And I'll also, of course, closer to puck drop, mention some for Tampa, Florida. Uh, And then, of course, the later game, we'll wait till closer to that game starts. But uh, we will have everything going, live betting. Everything's on the table here right now tonight with the live bets for me. I'll be getting involved with the goal scoring props, the player points props, the next team to score props, live totals. Uh, live, uh, obviously, money line sides, uh, all kinds of different ways to go about, maybe even a goal in the first next 10 minutes. I sometimes like those. Uh, we'll get crazy tonight uh, with the uh, live betting. I've set aside a good amount, good solid amount. We're ready to attack the board. Join us for the Ice Guys Betcast, 7.30 p.m. Eastern time tonight. For Alex B. Smith, I'm Ian Cameron. Uh, reminder as well, the Ice Guys is on seven days a week on YouTube, Monday to Friday. 2 p.m. Eastern, Saturday, Sunday, noon Eastern. If you can't watch the show live, download the Ice Guys podcast in audio form on all major podcast platforms, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and iHeart. For Alex B. Smith, I'm Ian Cameron. Have a great Tuesday afternoon, and we'll be back tonight, 7.30 p.m. Eastern for the BetCast, here on the Ice Guys, presented by the Hockey Podcast Network. 